Did you take my shirt? No. Okay. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How, did we start recording? Yeah, we did. Oh. This is, uh, did you take my shirt? And I am Amy. And I'm your host, Katie. Oh, yeah, I'm a host. <laughs> we are your ghost with the most. Your host with the most. The host with the most. Hey, uh, so we were, we took a week break because we had a lot going on. And uh, how was your trip to work? And My trip. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Uh, we didn't record last week because um, I was in, uh, had to go to Vegas for work for a week. Um, it was okay. I don't think Vegas is for me particularly. Uh, it's definitely for other people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it was all right. There's some, I ate some like pretty good food and I network with people in fields that I work in. Um and networked a little bit and I uh, I didn't get to go to any like fun spooky museums or anything but I did go ziplining um down Fremont the old Vegas strip and Ooh. that was yeah that was fun the whole time I was thinking though like I wonder how many people have died on this and then I also was like the, the people before me that went so it's like this structure and it's a zip line that basically goes down the strip and you like have you on a harness where you kind of superman yeah zip line so you're you have your arms out kind of like a superhero do superman or like a regular sit down zip line and uh the people before me and you like line you up and then they send a bunch of people out of at like different times yeah and then the people before me the guy like screamed oh no like right after he let them go and he was like freaking out and everyone was like um is he for i was like no i'm just i'm just messing with you and i was like <gasps> you better it's like you better not do that when i go down because i will probably start crying mid zip line because <laughs> like i think that i'm about to like fall to my death i think it's like like 40 feet in the air or whatever it's like really yeah. high up oh my gosh no way uh that makes me think of there was a tiktok recently that i saw and it was like a guy that was bungee jumping off of a a bridge and like they said like for him to go forward instead of like jump backwards he they said mm-hmm. jump forward and they as he was jumping they threw extra rope all over the thing with him and they're like oh no 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 as he was jumping and he and so I guess it was like a super old video that had just recently resurfaced and someone on TikTok was like yeah that was my dad and they inter she interviewed him and she was he was like yeah I literally thought I was dying that's messed up (laughs) so messed up not a fan (laughs) not a fan of that no thank you (laughs) that would be cool to go I think our mom did that with her friend Lissa yeah she was she was the one who suggested it to me I like had called her the night I got into Vegas and I was like what do I do she was like go ziplining so I told my boss and he was like we'll take you down there to go ziplining so I was the only one who went what that's Um, awkward (laughs) I also was the only one. <laughs> what? 
Why? I wanted to go. It's like you're kidding. I know. But we'll take you zip lining, honey. It's okay. We gotta do our adult work first and then well, the, so the, we got there at like eight o'clock at night and they're like, why don't, cause I was like telling them, I was like, I- I'll check to see if they, need, if they have any times. And like the last time was like 10 o'clock and I was like, I don't know. Like, and I told them, they're like, I don't know. That's past like our bedtimes. And I was like, okay, well, like I can do it another day. And they're like, no, 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 we can wait. So like, we literally just like walked up and down the strip because none of them are like kind of like party people. Yeah. So we just walked up and down the strip until it was like 10 o'clock. So I got like a big slushy thing. Yeah. Like right beforehand. Not the best idea before going zip That's lining. a lot of sugar. I- yeah, I thought that I was going to like throw up while I was zip lining and then I got and this is probably TMI. I got the the runs like afterwards. I was up till <laughs> I was up till like 2 a.m. because I could not like pull myself together. I thought I was dying. Could so. you imagine if you like vomited all over the people you're that's what I was thinking the whole time cuz I so I had like drank in the whole thing and I was like, "Oh, my tummy." I was like, "I my stomach hurts and uh, one of my coworkers was like yeah that was kind of like a poor choice of things to drink like right before going zip lining like a giant slushy <laughs> i was like it looked good <laughs> oh my gosh i can't believe no one else went zip lining with you that kind of sucks that's fine i did go alone too and i didn't i didn't know that you could bring your phone or anything but they put your phone in like a little baggie that goes with you yeah and um so I gave my phone and like line and um it was like a one minute zip line so I waited for two hours without like a phone or anything oh my and word. no one wanted to talk to me a line so <laughs> oh, no. so sad I'm glad you had fun though yeah it was fun yeah how was your last week? Uh, it was good. Nothing exciting to report um, that I can think of. Yeah, nothing exciting really happened. Yeah. Um, we just, I've been doing a lot of cleaning and stuff, getting ready for winter. So, and that's never fun. So. Prepping for the winter season. I know. It stinks. Um. Do you want to hear my story, uh, a Disney story? I do. So I originally heard this one, and you actually heard it too, from our brother, Jacob. Uh, and uh, so I've been trying to find it. it. took me, like I had to like type in exactly what it was in order to find it. So on February, oh, February, May 23rd, what am I saying? On Friday, the 3rd of 2013, um, I already forgot how to pronounce this name. Tersoff? Tersunov. 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 Banava. This gentleman, this gentleman, um, he was uh, an employee at for Tower of Terror at uh, California Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually, he, he got off work. He ended his shift at 1030. 
And um, he was supposed to, like, he was on of the sixth floor of Tower of Terror working on it. And he, he gets off. He's just supposed to go, like, one story down. Um, but the power went out and the elevator got stuck in between floors. Um, and so emergency workers, like, they go and they try to get him out. Um, but before they could even do that, he tried to escape on his own. Mm-hmm. And while he was trying to escape on his own, he fell through the gap between the doors and fell down the rest of the five stories. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, he was rushed to the hospital, but was pronounced dead before his arrival. And so um, something that uh also happened was that people say that like late at night when they're they're working on the well now it's not tower of terror it's guardian of the galaxy but um people say that they they won't even uh work on that specific elevator alone because they say that they can still like see him standing like in the corner of of where the rides are or the seats of the ride um they can see that they can see him standing when they're doing like um test runs and stuff like that and so they they say like people say that they refuse to yeah so yeah so that happened it was really sad and he had like a wife and a kid and stuff like that but that's really sad i know so that's the story on that puts the uh, tower of terror well i guess it's now guardians of the galaxy but it puts it to a whole other like haunting level i know right so spooky major spooky yeah uh oh i wanted to i forgot to do this earlier um i got a message from a friend from high school that i wanted to shout out and say thank you for uh reaching out and saying that she loves listening to our podcast and we're doing a great job and she listens to it on her way to school and stuff like that so oh that's super sweet yeah it was really nice um I haven't talked to her in years so it was kind of cool to hear that she listens um so shout out to Dusty thank you Dusty for listening thank you Dusty Dusty um yeah so I don't really have anything else to report on oh besides the the Disney death Oh yeah, that's uh, that's big oof. Uh, do you want to tell your story? Sure. Okay, have at it. Um, so t- today I will be speaking about a Cordelia Botkin. Ooh. Cord- yeah, Cordelia. Cordelia. <laughs> uh, Cordelia was a heartbroken, star-crossed lover who sent a box of poisoned candy. To her ex-lovers. <gasps> she did not. It was a bad girl. Her ex-lover's wife? Yeah. Like his current wife? Yeah, that's what that would mean. Dang, it was dude. her lover, but her ex-lover's wife. who was, Her lover who was married's wife. I cannot wait to hear this. <laughs> so Cordelia was born in Missouri in 1854. Uh, Cordelia had moved to California with her family later on in life where she had married her husband who had become there where they both became the parents of uh, one son. 
Uh, they were quick to get married. Uh, they were quick to have a son and start a family. Um, back then, you know, it was kind of the thing. Mm-hmm. They would obviously try and live a normal life, but Cordelia's wild lifestyle of sleeping around and gambling and partying and drinking and being sexy um, would eventually tell them apart. She was a wild child. She had fun. Yeah, she did not care about the the um, repercussions. The word. Yeah, she just was like, I'm trying to trying to have a good time. Like, yeah, I'm not you know, here for I'm, a long time. I'm here for a good time. She's like, I'm in the city. Um, I'm young. I'm beautiful. I'm going to party it up. Woo-hoo. So <laughs> in 1895, Cordelia met a Mr. John Preston Dunning while she was bicycling in San Francisco's Golden State Park. Aww. She, although she was 41, uh, nine years older than him, and both of them were married. John Dunning was smitten for Miss Cordelia Botkin. Dunning was a highly regarded reporter for the Associated Press. He completed overseas assignments in Samoa and Chile. So he oh. traveled. Um, he's traveled for, for his work. Um, and he uh, was highly regarded. He was very well known um, within the um, press in the San Francisco area and beyond. Um, he had, because of his, his high regarded position, he had been promoted to superintendent of the Associated Press Western Division Bureau in San Francisco. He was a big time hotshot in his position. Oh. So, yeah. In 1896, Dunning's religious wife, Mary Elizabeth Dunning, was obviously upset by her husband's um, affair with Miss Cordelia. Mary left. What? I was going to say, as one should be. Yeah, as one should be. Um, Mary left him and returned with her her daughter to Dover, Delaware, um, to the home of her father, former Congressman John P. Pennington. Ooh. yeah, she's all mad and she's like, you know, I, I'm going back to I'm going back to back back home. Yeah, I'm going home. Going home. By then, Cordelia had become Dunning's lover and a constant companion. You know, John um, is um, John is lonely. His his sweet wife, his sweet fa- daughter left him. And so he is drawn more close to Cordelia. And Cordelia um, had grown estranged from her own husband. Uh, he was a grain boat broker in Stockton, California. <laughs> does not sound fun. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> a grain broker? Yeah. Okay. So a broker is like somebody that sells things for other people, like houses and stuff. Okay. Uh, so does he like, do people go to him and be like, I need some grain. And he's like, I got you. I got a supplier. Yeah. I got some <laughs> rice. I got some quinoa. I got some quinoa. Would you like some couscous? <laughs> couscous. I got some hemp seed. Is that a grain? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Rick. Regardless, <laughs> regardless of uh, Cordelia's affair with John, um, Cordelia's husband still supported 
still supported Cordelia. I think he was very in love with her. Um, smitten. He's so yeah, he still su- supported her financially and emotionally and physically. Um, Dunning, uh, Cordelia's lover, was a heavy drinker. Um, so he ultimately was fired by the Associated Press when he had been discovered to embezzle $4,000 in office funds to pay his gambling debts. So, yeah, he was a drinker, a gambler. Uh, He was a joker. He was a smoker. He was a midnight toker. I was just going to say that. (laughs) So what year was this? Uh, 1896. I'm looking it up. So the value for 1896 was four thousand dollars okay so that would be a hundred over a hundred and thirty thousand dollars today in today's money a lot that is a lot of money so obviously he was like go that's (laughs) a lot of money back then (laughs) by the newspaper um and San Francisco and Salt Lake City. I think he worked in both um, because of his habitual drunkenness. And, um, you know, he, he was jobless. He has a gambling addiction and alcohol di- addiction. Um, but he loves sweet Cordelia. So he moves. Can't get her. enough of that. Cordelia. Yeah, he, <laughs> he moves into her, her hotel. She has a um, hotel? Yeah. Oh. That's a nice place to stow away your secret lover. Yeah, well, she's staying in a uh, in a hotel apart from her her current husband. Oh. Um, the so their affair lasted almost three years of crazy partying, gambling, drinking. Um, and it sounds just, so exhausting. Yeah, just being crazy, crazy star crust, cr- cross star crusted, <laughs> star <laughs> some crusty stars. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they were crusty. Uh, They're they're being crazy for about three years, and um, but it did end when Dunning was rehired in March of 1898. They rehired him. Yeah, he must have been really good as uh, they rehired him as the agency's lead reporter. Okay. I don't yeah. know. Like, listen, buddy, we recovered from the $130,000 that you stole from us. You can come back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Um, so, so, yeah, they sh- I don't know why. Interesting choice of re- rehired, rehiredment, but I don't know if that's a word. Rehiredment. I don't know. Rehirement? Um, <laughs> you should know you're an HR department person. <laughs> HR department person. (laughs) HR representative. Yeah, that works. That's better. Um, It's fine. (laughs) His new job was relocating him. So he had made plans to leave San Francisco. And so he had to tell his sweet lover, Cordelia, who was obviously very devastated and heartbroken that he was leaving. Yeah. And... Yeah, and that he wouldn't be coming back. So Cordelia is like, what in the heck? Um, We are having a good time and you're just leaving me to be a big time hotshot reporter. I am not happy about this. Um, I got nothing going on for me. Um, I just live in this town and um, I, you know, 
you're all I got. So <laughs> that's not Probably. love. I'm sorry. Wouldn't you be excited for your person to like be better? Um, not if he was like, bye, never coming back. See ya. Good time. She should have gone with him. Talk to you never again. She probably didn't want to. I don't know if it, I mean, like making it soap opery. He probably was like, I'm leaving. And she's like, I can't come no, with you. Don't yeah. leave. Yeah. I think he was he was going to Cuba for work. So she was like, I don't want to go to Cuba. Like, I want to stay in San Francisco. Cuba sounds exhausting. Well, and she has um, her kid. She might have to want to be near that kid. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Doesn't sound like she was a, the best mom, but she sounded um, like she was the best mom. Mom of the year award right there. Mom of the year award. <laughs> um, so Dunning is like my life's back on track. I have things going for me. So before he left, he reconciled with his wife um, before he left for Cuba. Um, so he's like, take me back. I don't know if that's a song. He's like, I- I'm sorry, honey. I like am a crazy party. I'm no longer a crazy party person. I got a good job. I'm not going to be Mr. Bad Guy anymore. I like want my family back. Um, and she said, okay. No. Yeah, she, she was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> she's like, uh, I guess. Everyone's taking him back. Yeah, she's like, uh, I don't have anyone else. I'm very, I'm, nobody likes me because I, I left my husband. <laughs> oh, jeez. Back then, just like very not sought yeah. after. They're like, eh, she's trouble. She left her husband. But Cordelia, she is what you want. <laughs> That's what you want. Um, so unfortunately for him, his own work as a reporter was overshadowed by more impressive reporters, um, sent to Cuba. So his work was not as valuable as what he thought it was going to be. Um, he thought, you know, he's going to get, he was going to be Mr. Hotshot guy again, but, um, while his, with his time away from it, there be there became rising stars right and um he kind of was like the bottom of the barrel reporter yeah so cordelia is super jealous that john is back with mary her his wife and obviously very heartbroken um so she starts sending these anonymous letters to mary detailing her husband's affairs and threatening (gasps) Mary as well that's not nice yeah um I also like want to know how she got her address like did John give it to her that like I (laughs) I just was wondering that while I was reading it and I was like how'd she get her address was she like hey John can I get your address and John was probably like okay (laughs) yeah well they didn't have phone books back then if you think about it I mean yeah yeah. (laughs) do they like did you go down to the public uh a public office oh uh, maybe and be like listen here i need rosie smith's address sorry we can't give that information out yes you can because of the public information act of 1795 i have a right to know this and so then they gave it to her yeah probably is that a real act there is a information act but i don't know what year it was established oh yeah, you can go down to the local office and like ask for anybody's information. Interesting. Yeah, it's 
a lot of work, but yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing, gang. Huh. Well, um, so she she did get that somehow. That's probably exactly how she got it too. Um, <laughs> and she starts threatening Mary, John's wife. And on August 9th, 1898, Mary opened a box of candies addressed to her and her sister. And yeah, they were like, oh, who sent chocolates? It didn't have a return address or anything. They're like, this is super sweet. Who sent us chocolates? Um, and After these threatening letters? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and so it was written with a note that said, with love to yourself and baby. So I'm assuming that Mary thought these were from John. Um, Miss mm-hmm. uh, Mary was, uh, I said by John, was passionately fond of candy. She w- loved candy. Who doesn't? Yeah. She's like, oh, fruit chocolates. Hell yeah. Who wants them? I got lots of chocolates. If they don't have According. the nuts inside, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. She's like the, the, the strawberry uh, filling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the orange. She's like, Bleh. yeah. <laughs> I want that chocolate on chocolate, dog. <laughs> um, Mary took at least three pieces herself. She was like, I'm going to eat three pieces right away um, and share the rest with with others um, on the porch of her father's home. There's like some people hanging out. And after a few hours, Mary and her older sister had eaten the can who had eaten the candy um, began to grow violently ill. Oh, no. Um, after two days of agony, the 35-year-old Mary and her older sister, 44-year-old Ida Harriet Dean, died from arsenic poisoning. Some of them just can't hold it. I don't. <laughs> I'll never uh, say that. Never not say that. But the four others who ate the chocolate survived Uh so it was like a russian roulette chocolate i guess that's interesting that they chose the ones that had the arsenic in it yeah just interesting maybe i I didn't look too much into it but maybe like maybe obviously cordelia sent them maybe cordelia knew what her favorite chocolates were so she was like I'm going to well, make these ones like the ones that she likes. Yeah, but what, what if it was like a smaller box and the chocolates were stacked and they took the ones on the top and then shared the rest? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That could be it, too. Yeah. Um, that's, that's very interesting. I, I wonder how that how that occurred. So Let's go ask them. <laughs> how did you die? Mary's uh, father or I claim her Mary, it's Elizabeth Mary, so Mary's whatever. Uh, Mary Stunning's father noted familiar handwriting on both the note and saw that it matched the, the threatening letters um, he kept in a drawer that were addressed from Cordelia. Oh my. Yeah, he's like, mm, the handwriting here is saying the same handwriting. Um, I am going to guess Cordelia did it. So the police traced the candy back to a shop in San Francisco. And from there to Miss Cordelia Botkin. So. Um, Shocking. 
shocking. They had more evidence than um, it was like very, they're like handwriting, chocolate, San Francisco, Cordelia was there. She's like, I don't know how they got that. It was so weird. What? Chocolate? What? There hasn't. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't even like chocolate. I'm allergic. <laughs> I can't get in the same room as it. God, she didn't even try. <laughs> oh, she didn't. She was like, I don't care anymore. I'm gonna poison this 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 lady. I'm mad. She did it. She she got her revenge, I guess. Whatever. So, so then what what else happened? Did she get arrested? Yeah, so Cordelia was tried before Judge Carol Cook, who ruled on the first case involved being a crime committed in two different states so uh, a decision was never reviewed by a decision which was never reviewed by the united states supreme court oh yeah so this was the this the state's first case involving uh two different states interesting yeah cordelia denied her guilt but she was convicted of murder in december 1898 and was convicted again at a retrial in 1904 she was sent yeah she was sentenced to life imprisonment and she died in 1910 in San Quentin State Pr- Prison. John Dunning um his career was destroyed by no. the re- revelations uh during the trial and he died 2 years previously in Philadelphia. Before so, she died or yeah before she died. Dang. So he died 2 years before she did. That's that sucks. I wonder if he stayed with uh, his uh, Elizabeth. Uh, you're, if she stayed with Elizabeth, she's dead. If he stayed with her, like after the fact that, oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I, I? That's like the biggest part of the whole story. I knew she died. I promise I knew she died. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like sh- I'm like she's dead. <laughs> I mean, he say he probably like met her when whatever afterlife. <laughs> That's embarrassing. <laughs> oh my gosh! Thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah, for sure. So that's the story of the chocolate box murder. The chocolate box murder. I saw that one, but I uh, had I knew that you were going to do. I saw I just kind of briefly read the very like subject line of the one that you sent me. And it said I remember it saying chocolate. And I was like, oh, OK, I won't I, even I, read into this one. <laughs> I, I read, I uh, watched this one on one of, uh, I like the uh, murder mystery makeup Mondays with Bailey Sarian and she did this one, um, but it was one of the first ones. And then as I was like reading it, I was like, oh, I heard the story before. Yeah, it's, uh, I like how it's very comical, <laughs> unfortunately. She's like, I'm mad and sends like poisonous chocolates and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, if... If life was that simple, man, we would have gotten rid of a lot of ridiculous people. Yeah. <laughs> Just poison them with some box chocolate. Box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. <gasps> Maybe Forrest Gump's mom was there eating the chocolate on the porch 
And she didn't die. And so that's why she always said that to Forrest Gump. A box of, life's like a box of chocolates. Never you know, know which one. Yeah. She's like, one of them might be poisonous. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mind blown. Conspiracy theory right there. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Anyways, can I tell you my story? Yes. I'm excited. Did you did you get the Snapchat from our parents that they were listening to our podcast in the car? Yes. Yeah. I knew that I knew that she listened, but I didn't know. She was probably like, listen to our children talk. (laughs) Yay. Yay. Yay, murder. (laughs) You know, since she is like like our only Patreon donor, we should just give her like a sneak peek to the episode so she can listen to it sooner. So I actually was just going to say something about that. I told her that as soon as we're done recording here, I would just email it to her so that they can listen on their trip. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to send this to her like as soon as we're done. And I'm like, here you go. You guys can listen, you know. Oh, yes. I love it. That's what she I mean, she deserves that for being a Patreon donor too. like and raising us right there. Yeah, Yeah. And raising us, I guess. Yeah, that counts too. Yeah, and putting up with us still as adults, like, <laughs> yeah, like they say adult children, like 100% were adult children. We still meet oh, her yeah. every day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I looked up, I'm going to probably pronounce this wrong. So I apologize to everyone that lives here, but Newark and Newark. Yeah. Newark, Delaware. Yeah. But like depending on where you live they say it differently so some people Mm. say newark but i'm just gonna say newark okay so in newark denver on december uh, why do i keep getting my months wrong on november 29th 1987 um a woman named shirley elise a 23 year old uh that had recently quit her job as a sex worker to pursue her dream as a nurse took off on a 14 mile trip to to deliver a thanksgiving dinner to some friends that were receiving treatment for uh aids at the wilmington hospital um and because she knew about there's a, a route, Route 40, that uh, people would often go to to either do uh, sex work or deal drugs or hitchhike or anything like that. She mm-hmm. hit she hit her old stomping grounds, Route 40, to get to get a ride, hitch a ride. Um, and unfortunately, that was the last time she was ever found alive. Um, Aww. Yeah. Later that evening, around 9.25 p.m., two teenagers found Elise. Um, She was partially clothed, and one of them said, oh, look, someone threw a mannequin out there. It's never a mannequin. Yeah, what? It's never a mannequin. There's never a mannequin. Why would someone throw a mannequin on the side of the road, first of all? (laughs) It's never a mannequin. Oh my God, people are dumb. So, an <laughs> autopsy reported several um, mutilation marks, signs of torture by work tools, and she still had duct tape like stuck in her hair, uh, probably from taping her mouth closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also showed that her hands and feet were recently bound. Um, she had had wounds on her head that showed that her head was bashed in by a hammer. Oh. 
Yeah, and uh, one of her nipples were mutilated, um, but there was no signs of sexual assault. Um, so seven months later, on June 29th, 1988, a couple of construction workers started their day of work on a site off of Route 40, and they stumbled upon another dead body, a uh, female. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, she was actually in a rather large area. Like, there was nothing to hide her. Like, it was, like, like a lot, like an empty lot. And she was just, like, there, like, out in the middle of it. Um, uh, she had multiple blows to her head. Her feet and wrists had markings as if they were tied. And one of her nipples were partially removed. And? Yeah. What? Yeah. Um, so they didn't find any blood around the site and none of her clothes either. So that led the investigators to believe that her body was dumped there, just like the previous person. Um, and the body belonged to Catherine DeMauro and she was a 31 year old, um, talking to the family, the investigators talking to the family, they learned that Kathy enjoyed visiting the bars and restaurants along Route 40. Um, and she was also known for hitchhiking along that route. So um, an autopsy came back and everything was exactly the same as Elise. Uh, but this time, forensics found microfibers all over Kathy's body, like tiny little blue microfibers. Yeah. So they hunted down the manufacturer of these fibers and learned that it was actually not a common carpet sold in Delaware. Delaware. It was like exclusive to Delaware, mm-hmm. but uh, it like it only sold for like a super short period of time. So it was like kind of easy for them to track it down um, or easier for them to track down, I should say. The Newark uh, Police Department teamed up with the FBI to get a better idea of who this person killing women on Route 40 was. Um, And they suggested to, instead of waiting for him to come to them, that they should go to him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You go. Glen Coco. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, So they actually launched an undercover operation. So in July 1988, Renee Tashner went undercover. And this poor woman, she was fresh out of the police academy. They're like, we need someone that's going to be like super good at this job. You, you've only been out for four months. Come with me. (laughs) Like, what the heck? So she was instructed to keep out for a white male, 25 to 35, involved in construction, and his vehicle may have blue carpet. And they're like, and you are not to get into the vehicle. And this interview that I watched, she was like, they didn't have to tell me that twice. Like, (laughs) obviously not getting in the vehicle with the guy. Like, I'm not an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I did go through the police academy. I'm fresh out four months uh to be a woman in a male dominated field uh. <laughs> <laughs> um so renee would walk up and down a stretch of route 40 and people would just pull over like pull over to talk to her mm-hmm. um because they were thinking she was a sex worker um when they stopped she would say hi how are you what's your name who do you work for <laughs> just oh. like and people told her and oh my god i know and they would tell her like they would tell her and some would even give their home address 
Uh, <laughs> are so dumb. I know. And like, obviously, they asked for work from her, and she's like, "Oh no, I'm just, I'm just chilling, like, just chilling." <laughs> um. So, if the information met the profile, the other like the standby investigator detectives would run the plates and follow that person. Yeah. Um, but weeks went by with no big leads. So, um, so, but weeks went by with no big leads on August 23rd, 1988, another woman's body was found on the route 40. Um, uh, same, 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 uh, well, <laughs> same, 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 same. <laughs> same same <laughs> a hashtag a group where you can only say same 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 <laughs> why are you saying same <laughs> i just forgot okay. i was like same mutilation and everything like this the body was in the same state as the others yeah so it was the body belonged to margaret lynn fin- finner she was a mother of two and adored by her family um, unfortunately, like most of us, she had bills that she had to pay and make ends meet. So she would often head down to Route 40 to make some money. Unfortunately, she was never seen again. But luckily for the investigation team, she had a friend with her that night that saw her get into a blue Ford van with a white male driver. And yes, she had all of the same uh autopsy report everything was exactly the same um so the investigation team moved the undercover cop to the area where margaret would was would often visit Mm -hmm. um and a blue van finally pulls up and the driver was very provocative by the way he was speaking to renee the undercover cop and at one point opened up the door to let her in um Luckily, Renee thought fast and grabbed some carpet from the floorboard to, uh, you know, for evidence and then shut the door. And she's like, sorry, I I have a headache. (laughs) And um, then she started to walk off and the driver took off. Also, Um, the surveillance surveillance car took off to follow him. And eventually called it a night because there was no movement from inside the home. Uh, but they did run his tags and the vehicle belonged to Stephen Brian Pinnell. Stephen had no prior criminal history. He was married and had two kids. Um, seemed like a pretty average guy. He was born on no- November 22nd, 1957. Um, but though he did have a pretty interesting, strained relationship with his mother, um, during an interview at one point, he said he was in his thirties and they were arguing about his parenting. And she said, do I need to spank you and send you to your room? Uh, it was why? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I say that to like everybody, but <laughs> not, I don't know. It's interesting. So they just had a, a weird relationship. It seemed like he had a very what is it disrespect or he thought down on women like they were less than oh yeah yeah so six days after renee talked to steven in the van a body was discovered in the cindy canal um just like the others she was brutally tortured and bound and a nipple was removed the body belonged to 22-year-old Michelle Gordon. Um, she was a pretty happy person, according to her family, but she was known to hang out where Margaret, one of the other victims, was last seen. 
Um, one thing that kept her separate from the other victims was she did not have blows to the back of her head. So the Delaware police put together a 60-man task force to track down the killer. They had eyes on everyone. And Stephen, a person of interest, was followed 24-7. Because of that, they learned that he would leave his home in the middle of the night and cruise the same circle on Route 40, like over and over and over again, just waiting for, it looks like, like waiting for a victim to show up. Uh, yeah. So um, the family, little, 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 words are hard, man. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. Uh, finally, the FBI verified that the fibers from the carpet and the ones on Margaret, the second victim, matched exactly like they were the same thing. Yeah. So with a warrant and they uh with a warrant they searched the home and van and they found holes in the walls. And the wife just simply said, Oh, sometimes he would lose his temper. So he just punched walls. I mean, like same dude, but like I'm not like you punch wall- your pe- yeah, walls. Pu- punch your pillow. Punch, punch your s- stomach. Yeah, like why are you putting holes in the wall? Come on. That's and then you have to like Okay, Kyle. Okay, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's always kyle they found a tv and a vh player in the shed behind the house with a tape uh labeled taming rebecca um along with lots of common tools that could have been used on the victims in the van they found some zip ties hair samples and under the carpet they found a good amount of blood splatter Mm -hmm. so the vhf vhs ended up being bds um pornography and the practice in the video was very similar to the tortures of these victims mm-hmm. um the hair ma- the hair that they found matched michelle gordon the clothing found matched shirley elise and the blood blood smear matched kathy oh my god mm-hmm. so i mean that's just like boom 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 put him boom, away. boom 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 put him away mm-hmm. so steven was mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye so steven was finally arrested um but of course he lawyered up immediately obvi hmm sus mm, sus <laughs> so on december 26 1989 the trial started for the murder of three women and uh after seven days of deliberation which that's a super long time yeah for like obvious evidence makes me nervous so after seven days of deliberation they reached a verdict on kathy and shirley as guilty um but they did not reach one for michelle because she did not have the same blows to the head as the other two what yeah um and eventually uh another body was found Kathleen Meyer, um, her remains were found by some hunters along Route 40, um, and this was after he had been sentenced to two life sentences. Um, and they're like, "Did you do this?" And he's like, mm, "Did I?" So, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> um, so he did plead guilty to Michelle's death to avoid another trial um the one that they he they couldn't get a verdict on yeah um 
uh, as trade. And he said he can't put his family through another trial and ask for the death penalty. Uh, so the judge granted that. He's like, okay, weirdo. Most people don't want to die, but um, on March, <laughs> March, he's like, just put me down. Put me down. Like, <laughs> I wonder if that's easy to do. Like, you know how they put animals down? Mm, uh, it's not. I don't know. Anyways, uh, so I'll take that out. Uh, the- <laughs> so I wonder Mar- if it's easy to be put down. <laughs> So on March 14th, 1992, at 949, Stephen Brian Pinnell was executed by lethal injection. Damn, dude. And that is the story of the serial killer, the only known serial killer in Delaware. He got what he wanted was to be put down. So. Uh, there is another one that just recently happened that they discovered this year. Um, another serial killer. He killed, I think, like three women, three people, I think, mm-hmm. not women, uh, specifically women. But um, and I was going to do that one, but the evidence is so new that I kind of was like, we like wanted it to marinate a little bit. It makes it hard with with uh, newer newer cases yeah not everything is there not all the information is there and stuff like that more of a theory and you don't want to like upset anyone without actual facts yeah so if that's the case if that person is a serial killer there's only been two in delaray ever that's crazy who's the other person i don't remember his name oh send it to me later okay it was interesting. I was like, dang, dude. But it's like, damn, th- damn dude. <laughs> damn, dude. <laughs> uh, it's new this year, 2021. So, Ooh. really? Yeah. I want to know now. Uh, just Google serial killer in Delaware. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. <laughs> serial killer. Ooh, serial killer in Alaska. And, and Fairbanks, Alaska. Nope, I don't want that. Uh, and what is it? Delaware? Yeah. Delaware. Uh, 41 felonies. He just like went on a crime spree. Oh, good for him. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Katie. Uh, Keith Gibson. Keith Gibson. I've never heard of him. He came out hmm. this year. Information came out this year. I don't know how to send this to you. Is there typing on this thing? I'll look it up right now. I sent you the link. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. We got to go, but please follow us and you can uh, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash did you take my shirt? $5 a month gets you exclusive access to our videos. And yes. rec- record all of our um, recordings and all of our episodes and mm-hmm. they're unedited um, uh, exclusive videos to our, our exclusive content to our videos. And then uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at did you take my shirt and follow us on Instagram at DYTMS podcast and on Twitter. It's DYTMS podcast and 
please, we are on Spotify. We are on Stitcher. We are also on iTunes. And on iTunes, please leave us a nice, kind review because guess what? We like being told that we're awesome. Yeah. And yeah. Did you take my shirt? No. <laughs> no. <laughs>